Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to today be joined by NFL on Fox and Clippers sideline reporter, Christina Pink. Christina talks about how her inner research nerd has been an asset throughout her career, as well as the importance of being organic on camera and having fun. She also shares the importance of treating each game she covers like the Super Bowl and thinking outside the box. This episode is a lot of fun and is filled with great tips for up-and-coming sports reporters. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, let's get to it. Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. I have been so excited to get you on Get My Job. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to uh, chat with you, Tracy. Oh, absolutely. So let's jump right in because I know our listeners are so excited to hear from you and don't want to keep hearing my voice talk about it. So I would love (laughs) for you to start really from your time at the University of Florida to Thursday night football. Can you take us through your professional journey and honestly what the call was like when you got the call about Thursday night football, kind of what that feeling was like for you? Oh gosh, that I still remember that one like it was yesterday. And this is my third season of Thursday night football. Um, but so I and obviously um you know you talk to a lot of very um successful women in our business. There's a million different paths to get to this point for me personally, I actually worked in local TV. So right out of college, I sent my demo reel or my resume tape to every possible place I could. Um, I had built it from working in the campus TV station and also from internships that I had done. So my first job was right out of school, had it lined up before I graduated as a sports anchor in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was basically a run, uh, one man band, as they say, where you shoot, write, edit. Um, I do everything myself, which is, you know, basically, which, uh, I don't actually run the camera now, but back then, I mean, I was out shooting high school football games, shooting minor league baseball games and coming back to the office, cutting my highlights, writing my sports cast, getting everything on the air. So I did that in, for two years in Mississippi, then I spent about a year and a half, two years in New Orleans, same job, uh, weekend sports anchor at the ABC affiliate there. And then I worked in Miami um, at the NBC station there as the weekend sports anchor, sports reporter, a little different covering obviously more of the major sports. Uh, I was there right for the Heat's playoff run. And while I was there, I got the call from my agent that, <laughs> Fox wanted to bring me out for an interview and it was pretty, um, it was pretty amazing at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, wait, what? Like Fox Sports, <laughs> Fox Sports, you know, <laughs> right. 
Like, I don't, I think most people, when they come out of school, they have a vision for themselves. And mine was always small market, medium market, big market. You know, like I didn't Mm -hmm. even think Mm -hmm. about like, oh yeah, you know, I'd love to be a sideline reporter one day, but it was like almost like my reality exceeded my dreams for myself. So it was amazing. That was 2012. I flew out twice, had two interviews um, with our FS, the Fox Sports Regionals and the Big Fox, as we call it, or FBC, which houses obviously a bunch of different sports. And so they, I got the gig doing sideline for NFL on Fox and also as the LA Clippers sideline reporter. And nine seasons later, I'm still here. <laughs> this is actually my ninth season of both. Um, my ninth season on NFL. And this will be when the NBA season um, starts here in December. My ninth season on the Clippers broadcast. Um, as far as Thursday night football. So obviously I was doing Sundays my first six seasons. I did one year of college football with Fox and then went back to NFL. Um, but this is my third season now of Thursday night football. And I think it was in June. I remember getting a call (laughs) from my boss and like my hands were frozen because I was like, okay, it's the off season. I really don't really get these kinds of calls. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? (laughs) Like, what's, what's up? Hey, how, how are you? I was like, Hey, you know, um, we'd like to move you to Thursday night football. And obviously I knew Fox, we had gotten the Thursday night contract, um, but I didn't know who was going to be doing the games. And so I kid you not, I think I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally fair. I, was, I don't even know if I was able to form a sentence for like the first 30 seconds, except for, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but it was a really, really cool moment for me. And I'm pretty sure right after I hung up the phone, I tried like not to scream and then actually got off the phone. It was like, ah! And then <laughs> I then called my mom. Um, and so that was, yes, this is my third season of specifically doing the Thursday night games, which in that in of itself, you know, is has been incredible. Prime time, you know, big stage, everybody watching, Um and even now, like, I still kind of pinch myself because it doesn't feel real. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. it's been three seasons of it. <laughs> um, it's what you always work for. And it's been it's just been amazing and a big blessing for me. You said something earlier. You said your reality exceeded your dreams for yourself. And, and can you talk about that a little? Because I think that's just such a – it's such a fantastic phrase. And I just also want people to understand, like, how much hard work went into that even happening. Yeah. Well, you think about it and I think that's kind of the, the traditional path for most people that are like in the college of journalism communications and you work to, I mean, I remember when people, when I worked in Mississippi, everyone saying, oh, you're going to work in Mississippi and stay in Mississippi. And I love living in Mississippi, but I knew I wanted to get to a larger market. And so it was like, okay, this is going to be my next stop. My next stop. It was like, okay, I want to get to big city work as, you know, the main sports anchor in a large market. And that for me was like making it, you know? (laughs) So I had never thought like this um, was something that it hadn't even crossed my mind. Like I, I just, for me, it was like, okay, this is a path that most people take in this business. And so, uh, you know, it is, I'm known very, 
famously among my friends to be like a ginorm ginormous. I'm making up words, but uh, <laughs> I think that's a real world word. I know. I'm, like, I'll, what? I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> I am a huge um, workaholic, and so I don't give myself very much free time. Um, but it's part of who I am and it's part of why I'm, I'm doing what I do. I don't really make time for myself. I, I, I shouldn't admit that cause I wish I did. And I want people to learn like that you can carve out the time, but I'm still trying to find that balance. But it's, I just think I'm, for me, I'm myself and I consider my job to be fun. Like I think most people, um, kind of watch sports and, you know, you love the thrill of the wins, the losses and, and what's happening out there, um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I just try to convey that when I do my reporting, when I'm doing, um, my, all my sideline reports, when I'm, whether I'm hosting, whatever I'm doing, I just kind of try to be myself. And that's apparently people like that, <laughs> you know, it's just, I think it's organic, you know, and I think I have fun and I have a lot of energy and it's kind of just who I am. And it comes across, I think, in a lot of my reporting. And I think that's such an important part of what we're talking about to highlight is that you are yourself and it is organic. And when you were first starting out, did you feel a pressure to, to try to be like others or were you always able to to use the catchphrase, but an important one, were you always able to kind of be authentic and just do what you do and know that it would work out? I think I always felt like I could be myself. I think you watch, I, you know, I try to be the best version of myself possible, but I think you watch other people, you know, like I would watch, mm -hmm. you know, sports center and other reporters and, you know, all the, um, the other people in, in my business, I watch them to learn. And I also get feedback from other people. Um, but I take every critique, every, um, every piece of advice, I, I listen to it, but I also take it with a grain of salt because if you hear something consistently, it's like, okay, maybe I should do this a little bit better. Um, but I always kind of felt like I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I think that when you start in TV or not even TV in any, in any kind of communications business, um, whether, cause I actually started in radio when I was in college. And I think that helped me kind of shape my voice because you have to be entertaining without actually anyone seeing you. So I would do the little sports updates at the radio station um, and I remember like one of the local anchors telling me, he's like, Hey, great job. I hear you in the mornings doing, and I'm like, my radio updates at five 30 in the morning. Someone's listening. <laughs> I was like, yes. You know, I do like these one minute, uh, updates on, on our local affiliate when I was in school and hearing people say that they liked hearing me do those. It was like, yes, you know, and I just try mm -hmm. to have fun with it. And so I think I kind of carried that over even when I had my first job. It was like, how can I be me? How can I be creative? I think also just being a really good writer is important because I just kind of write how I talk. And so I know that sounds silly, but it's pretty simple. Like when I write, it's how I would say something if I'm talking to my best friend or I'm talking to my mom or my dad. I'm like, pick up the phone. Like, oh my God, can you believe this happened last night? You know, and it's like, mm -hmm. that's how I would do the report. Can you believe that catch that DeAndre Hopkins made, you know? And so yeah. that's just, that's just me uh, in my everyday life. So I think it kind of comes across that way. 
It absolutely does. And I think that's another really important point because I, I write like that as well. Um, and people have said, I, that's why I like reading your stuff because I can hear you saying it. And I think that is important. And I think it's good writing advice for people. Write how you talk. I mean, don't throw in there a lot of likes and ums and that kind of thing. Right. But how would you tell this story to somebody who didn't see that pass at the end of the Cardinals game with the Hale Murray? Like, how would you tell that story to your friend to convey it? That's how you should write it. So I think, I think that's really excellent advice. And it brings me into kind of the next set of questions that I have for you as a reporter. How do you prepare for an NFL game day? Um, so as we say, no, ums. um, so. <laughs> oh, no, you can, um, on a podcast. You just don't have to write it in your writing, but you could totally, um, on a podcast. Did I not mention that? Totally go for it. <laughs> well, and by the way, what we were just talking about, the other thing I would mention before I get into how I prep is I always say to women who want to be in TV or anyone who wants to be in reporting or work in front of the camera, just focus on the fact that you're talking to one person. I think sometimes mm -hmm. you get overwhelmed and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a million people watching or there's a thousand. And it's like, no, I'm talking to one person. I'm talking to whoever I'm interviewing. I'm talking to the announcers in the booth, whether it's who I'm working with on NFL, Joe and Troy, or who I'm working with on Clippers. I'm talking to them. I'm talking to one person, not I'm talking to 30 million people watching the game. That's when you start to get in your own head. And it's the same thing if I'm telling a report, how would I say this if I was talking to my dad mm -hmm. or a friend? And so I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, you know, just thinking too big. And it's like, no, just imagine that you're having a conversation because that's what you're doing. You're having a conversation with the person at home or, you know, your fellow broadcasters, the other announcers in the booth. And I think that's um, something that I learned early on, which is kind of what helps me to just talk to the guys. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, Donna Christina, hey, so this is what coach just told me, you know, X, Y, Z. But in terms of prep, it's you know, obviously I do a lot of it from home. Um, I am a research nerd. <laughs> I love prepping. It's just my thing. <laughs> that's that's a great thing to be your thing, yeah, especially in your line of work. I just love like doing a lot of like research, studying the teams. Um, so I start out on Friday, obviously Thursday night games. Uh, I do the game Friday. I fly home. And so that's as soon as I get on the plane, I'm usually watching the teams I have coming up. Mm -hmm. so I'll go back and watch a couple of games. I'll go and it's weird for Thursday games because the teams are playing again on Sunday, right? So I have them on a short week. So I can't, I don't, I, I wait to reach out to teams in terms of like getting information, setting stuff up until after they finish their game on Sunday. So that's like on a Monday, I'm reaching out and uh, to people I want to talk to. So on probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going through roster moves. I'm going through um, injury reports. I usually look at teams that I have. I know I'm going to have during the season. I'll kind of build a little outline kind of uh, like report on them in the preseason. Like, okay, here are new guys that they added to the team. Here are stuff that happened in training camp. And so I kind of, so I have that way I have a base and then okay. 
I get clips every day, which these clips packets sometimes are like 30 pages. Sometimes they're 60 pages. Sometimes they're 75 pages. And I read them every day. Okay. Uh, I get stat packs that I read. The team send clips. Uh, I'll go through and, you know, read league notes, you know, new trends that are happening. And so all that is just, you know, I'm always looking for little nuggets on people, on individual players and just overall what's happening with team to team. And then I'm also on the phone. I talk to, which is different now, obviously, because of the pandemic. Usually I'd be able to either go to practice, talk to people I want to talk to on game day. A lot of that happens before I even get to the stadium. And so if there's players specifically that I um, I ask for, I want to talk to guys, that coaches, et cetera, we do conference calls. Some people do Zooms. Um, and so I'll ha- I want to have as much information so I can ask the right questions. So I might go back and watch interviews that they've done, pressers. So I do a lot of work. I probably spend maybe six to seven hours a day just reading and note-taking. And then leading up to the game, like Tuesday, Wednesdays are when we're talking to the teams, um, coaches, coordinators, you know, certain players on both teams. And then Thursday's the game. Oddly enough, probably the most relaxing day is like my Thursday mornings. <laughs> I, I, I can actually understand that. Um, I can especially, yeah, especially now because we don't do, we, you know, production meetings, all that. Most of that is all done on the phone or even now we send everything out in our emails. Okay, here's the graphics, here's this and that. Whereas before you do so much more in person that, like even up to Thursday. And I still now will talk to people um, at the stadium, socially distant, uh, you know, like uh, I'll do my coaches interviews, depending sometimes on the phone, on the like yelling at them from, you know, my spot in the stands. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> what'd you think of the defense in the first half? <laughs> oh, that's really, that's really funny. And so, but the calmness is probably Thursday because a lot of times I have no idea on Monday, what my week's going to look like. Sometimes we have in, uh, well, I say in person, they used to be in person features, but like feature interviews. Uh, and so you have to set those up and those are on camera versus what we would do where I'm just talking to someone on the phone. Now you're doing like longer form pieces that are running in the pregame show. So all of that, I think it's a little different because of it's, it's very condensed from Monday through Wednesday. It's like, Hey, boom, boom, boom. We're going to do this. I need you know, I want to talk to this guy. Boom. And so it's just, and then all of a sudden you wake up and it's like, all right, it's game day. (laughs) But But it's such a rush. And I, I, I enjoy it a lot. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because I'm a 49ers beat reporter and I would say before the game, well, it used to be, you know, I'd get there three hours early and then I'm on the field a couple hours before the game. That's a little different now. But even so, until you get to the stadium, it's at least for me, it was it's a more relaxing day. Then from the time you get to the stadium on, that's not the case. But it's interesting. It kind of, you know what the day is going to bring a little bit more. So I think that does kind of give you a little bit more of a relaxing morning. So that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I yeah, get that. The calm before the storm. And then, you know, the game starts and it's whoosh. Yes, it is. It whoosh, whoosh, and then it's just everything. It's just a blur from that point forward the rest of the day. Is your preparation, or I guess I want to know how it differs for Clippers? So it's a, it's mostly the same, but it's a little different with Clippers because I'm following one team. And so I'm 
with those guys all year. I'm covering their games all year. So in depth, I know these teams because I'm mm-hmm. at every single game and I talk to them every practice, every shoot around. And so it's more so looking at individual matchups of, okay, who are they playing tonight? What stories do I want to focus on when they're playing the Nuggets or when they're playing um, the Dallas Mavericks? And what do I want to focus on? What happened in that last series? Um, And like focusing a little more on the opponent, because obviously I know this team pretty well, but other than that, it's, it's still pretty similar. Uh, You know, this season will be different obviously because of the pandemic, but usually I would be going to practices. I would go to morning shoot arounds, but every morning I do the same thing. I wake up, I read every article, I go back and I look at our box scores um, just to make sure I didn't miss anything from the game the night before. I would go to every press conference, even when I'm on the road for NFL. I watch all the games on my phone, even when we, not this season, of course, because we're not going out to dinner, but in like other seasons, I'd be out with the crew and watching the games on my phone. And they're like, Christina, give it a break. (laughs) I'm like, no, I can't miss the game. I got to know what's happening. Because I just, I feel detached when I'm not there. So I'm always up on it and I don't have to play catch up because I'm constantly in the know, you know? So yeah when I missed a couple of games. So I think it's just a little more, it's a little different in how I focus because I'm spending more time learning the opponent because the team itself, I know pretty well and I'm in constant communication. And so I know kind of what their stories are. So you talked about, you know, talk about obviously knowing uh, the Clippers very well. And when it comes to Thursday night football, you know, reaching out to teams and talking to players and coaches uh, so obviously over the years, you've built a number of relationships. For someone coming up in your field, what advice do you have for building those relationships? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> as I throw out another um. <laughs> Again, ums are fine in podcast. You just don't need to write them. <laughs> well, I would say I think being consistent, um, I – I think oftentimes, and it's good to be aggressive, obviously, we want to get answers, we want to get information, but I think sometimes it's just being a human being, you know, like, mm-hmm. I will ask how your family's doing, uh, like, what's going on in your life, not necessarily, I think a lot of times, if you're only reaching out when you need information, then people are a bit turned off, you know, and so I think being consistent is just something that over the years, people um, take note of and like, hey, you know, how's Christina doing? Hey, what's up with what's up with this? It's just, I think it's just more organic that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that has helped me. And I know a lot of people that I talk to um, in the business. And gosh, when I say nine years, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been around forever. (laughs) But it's, it's the same as just networking in any field. You know, I think over time, you build relationships organically, but I think you have to work at it too. And I think it, if you're just naturally checking in on people, asking how they're doing, that's a big help versus, all right, I need this. Can you talk? <laughs> right. You know, and I think that's been, been the biggest thing for me and like from what I've learned from other people. And I also think just in terms of, because I brought up networking, I think in general, it's just like the people across from you that you're constantly around just check in, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't think like, I'm just a very, I'm not a shy person, 
but I, I think don't be intimidated, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people can be intimidated by sports figures, by people that you see on TV. And I think just, just say hi, like everyone's normal. <laughs> We're all normal people. And sometimes it's just, I think you build things up in your head and then you realize like, they're all just, you know, we're all in this together, right? We're all trying, you know, to tell a good story, to convey information. And so I think just being yourself and being, you know, not being intimidated, but also just having a conversation. Those are kind of the most important things, if that helps. <laughs> that, that does. That helps. That helps quite a bit. You spoke earlier about critiques and, you know, listening if there's one that comes up a lot, but, uh, you know, taking them with somewhat of a grain of salt. Was there a critique early on that was tough but really helped shape you as a reporter? So I was thinking about this and I don't necessarily think there was one that was really tough, but I will say it shaped me as a reporter. And this is going way back to my days in college, I believe, where I would send my resume tape out to different people I knew in the business and set up informational interviews or just email them my links. And I remember there was um, a current sports anchor who wrote me back who I knew I'd met. I don't don't even remember where, maybe during an internship. And he said, which is funny because of how I said I am organically, he's like, you're doing sports. It's like, smile. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, cause you know, and you're in college, like, okay. And so I remember thinking that. And from that point on, I mean, I was probably 21, 22 in college at the time. I just remember thinking, like, this is fun. And I was like, I think I had like a montage of all my clips and I smiled in like one of them, you know? That's interesting. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay. And so I, and I remember that. And from then on, I was like, I'm just going to be myself. Like, I, like, this is fun. Just show your personality. And that was, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm trying to think of how many years ago, but I'm going to date myself. So I'll just say a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> But it is important advice, and I know we talked about it early in the pod, but you do have to be yourself and have fun because the reality is talent and preparation and you being you are going to be what makes anybody successful. Yeah, 100%. So is there a misstep? I hate. I used to say the word mistake, and I've changed it to misstep because I don't like the word mistake. <laughs> but is there a misstep that you're seeing women make uh, as they get into the sports industry? Hmm. I would say, I don't know if I, I guess, yeah, missteps kind of a weird word, but I think always being on your A game, right? I think sometimes whether you're on air, whether you're at, you know, an event, sometimes you never know who's watching. And mm-hmm. so I always say, I treat every game like it's the Super Bowl. I treat every practice like it's, you know, I'm covering the biggest game of the year. I think that's, you never know who's watching. And I know so many people who have gotten breaks from moments where they didn't think anyone was paying attention. So you have Mm -hmm. to always focus and think like, okay, people are watching. I've got, you know, this audience. And so... I think that is the thing, like never, like never take a break. And and I don't know 
if I'm saying that the way I want, but it's just you, you never know when the opportunity is going to come. And so just be mindful of that because you, it could be a moment you'd think no one's even focused on you. Um, I, I have people, I think sometimes like, oh, this is a game. Nobody's watching. And then it's like, that was such a great report. I'm going to clip it and send it. I was like, what? <laughs> and, and, I, and it was really is. It's just, you have to always be on your game because, you know, it, it, sometimes it's unforgiving. Unfortunately, we get focused on more sometimes than men. And you have to just be mindful like, hey, the, the critique sometimes can come a lot harsher. <laughs> so right, that's very true. be aware of it. And actually, as long as you bring that up, uh, before we head into five fun facts, which I just have two more questions before that, but one of them being, um, but one of them being, you know, as women, we often are judged harsher, whether it be people saying things, people on social media, how do you deal with that? Oh, I don't focus on it. I, I, I'm a firm believer, just me personally, I think just kill them with kindness. And so uh-huh. I'm not big on, I also will say I don't engage much on social media. So it's probably why I don't see a lot of it. Like I can do a lot better when it comes to, <laughs> to come to that. Hard, stuff. <laughs> so uh, I don't really worry about it because I think when you do a great job and when you put the work in, I think people are going to respect you. And so the people who don't like, you don't worry about it because I think if you're confident in the work that you put out there, then the negativity that if there is negativity isn't warranted. And I think the people who know, know, you know, Mm -hmm. so I know it can be harder, you know, but I, I think because I don't really look (laughs) at social media that much, I probably don't even know. So that would be my advice is like, oh, don't even look at it. But I know it's hard sometimes because I mean, I remember an athlete once that would like go through Twitter looking for like hate. <laughs> and I used to be like, why would you do that? Why would you subject yourself to that? And he was like, oh, it's motivation. <laughs> so some people feed off of it, uh, but it is, it, it can be tough. I think you just have to be very confident in yourself mm-hmm. and how you know um, how you're coming across in the work that you've put in. So we've talked about this a little, but if you had to narrow it down to one piece of advice to give someone who was going to work in your field, what would it be? Hmm. Just one, <laughs> Tracy. <now. laughs> yeah. Well, you, uh, you know what, because you're so nice, I'll let you have a few. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to tamper down your advice. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, as you know, and I say what I said about like never knowing when an opportunity is going to come. I think you have to be open to thinking outside of the box. Like I said, I went the traditional route. And when I got into TV, which I was 10 years ago, more than that, actually, now I'm, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, goodness, I've been in 10, nine years alone at Fox. So yeah, it's definitely been like 12 years. But that was the only outlet was like, that was how everybody did TV, either local, mm-hmm. small, large, you know, a small market, medium, et cetera. I think now I see a lot more people who do print that transition into TV. I see a lot of people who've used social media and gathered, you know, gained a following or going digital and doing YouTube videos and are really creative and, 
and have found like huge, huge success going that route and turning that into in, um, to a great career. So I think you just have to be open that it might not look how you planned, but it doesn't mean you're not going to get to where you want to go. You just have to think outside the box because and I don't know the nature of it now, but I know there you know, are less jobs when it comes to some people have cut down sports departments. And so you just have to think, all right, how do I turn my passion for sports, my passion for football, my passion for the NBA into something that people will be entertained with, people want to, you know, watch. And like I said, I'm a dinosaur. I'm like, I probably should do a better job with social media, but I know a lot of people do stuff with like their Instagram lives. And so there's different ways to do it now that weren't even available back when I started with teams, you know, and, and cable channels. There's just so many ways to get into the business and to have your projects be seen that I think that it's, it's a great space to be in. And I also think the other thing I would say too, is if the opportunities are there, which I know now it's harder because everyone's got to social distance, but interning was huge. Mm -hmm. Because I think interning teaches you what you want to do, but it also teaches you sometimes what you don't want to do. And true. I mean, I did two internships. One I loved, the other I realized like, eh, I don't want to necessarily work um, behind the scenes. I was doing like working as a PA and it was fun because I got to work around like a lot of people in sports, but like the stuff we did after the shoots and transcribing. And I was like, okay, this is fun, but I don't want to work on a, I was doing like a reality TV show. And then after mm-hmm. when I worked in a local sports department, I would sit there and log training camps for dolphins and Miami heat practices and transcribe. And I loved it. So it's what <laughs> so I was like, okay, so there's a difference. It's what I want to do. Like, I don't mind logging play after play after play or editing or having to transcribe, you know, f- interviews from a morning shoot around when it's something that you really love and you really enjoy. And people take note of that when you don't say no, like interns, I was like, I will do everything. I will <laughs> log mm-hmm. the tape. I will transcribe everything. I will do whatever. Like I will edit everything. Like I just wanted the work. And so I think people take note of that because it was like, okay, are you just here for a credit? No, like I, and I've noticed that with people who've shadowed me or come in where they're just like, hey, I know like having me prep, you know, and knowing, um, my job or knowing what, you know, I'm covering and I, I, that's impressive, I think. And so I think having, even if you think oh, this internship might not be what I want to do, I think being in those spaces teach you if it's something that you want to do. And I think that is just as important as like doing something that you love. It's like, okay, maybe this isn't what I want to do. And now I've narrowed it down. I think that's excellent advice. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, before I let you go, uh, we're going to do five fun facts, which we do every week. As, as our listeners know, we ask everybody the same five questions every week. So without further ado, I present to you five fun facts with Christina Pink. Okay. Christina, what is your favorite moment in sports? <sighs> That's always a tough one for people. Favorite moment in sports? 
that I've covered or just in general? Any You get to pick. It could be that you covered. It could be as a fan. It just could be as a moment. Um, wow. I would say, oh, okay. I've got it. Uh, the very first time in nine years at Fox, I have only been to a done a Dolphins home game one time. Aww. And being from South Florida, like growing up, like I lived 10 minutes from that stadium. So the first time I worked and I was just there for the Super Bowl in February, but the first time, which was like six, five, six seasons in, I had a Dolphins game at home and I brought my dad and my brother to the game and they came down on the field seeing their reaction was probably one of the most special moments for me because I do that every game. Like I'm down on the field, I'm talking to people and, but seeing my family experience what I do, like they put my brother on TV. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, he's in the military. And so our producer actually was like, you know, I'm going to put your brother on TV for a salute to service. And so that my brother (laughs) saying this, he was like, his phone blew up. People were calling and texting him. He's like, is that what happens to you every day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a but great story. That was that was one of the best moments, sharing that with them and seeing them experience it and coming down to a game. Uh, and it's still, that's the only time I've had a Dolphins home game, but uh, they were able to come attend. And so that was, that was a pretty great moment for me. What is your life motto? Smile, be kind. <laughs> Good. It's an excellent motto. We could use some more of that. I like that one. (laughs) What is your go-to workout? Oh, so I do, thankfully now, because it's an at-home workout, I I go to a studio that's called, it's called Tracy Anderson, but it's got Tracy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I used to go to Tracy Anderson. Oh, yeah. So I've been going to her studio for years here in LA and never did her digital workouts. And after the lockdowns happened, I switched over to doing um, everything online. And so now I do her workouts like three, four days a week when I'm at home and I've been doing it online exclusively for about like nine months. But yeah, that's my (laughs) go-to. It's a a great workout. It is. It's fantastic. And it's fun. It's definitely a very fun workout as well. What is your go-to coffee order? So I'm not really a coffee drinker. I'd probably say I've had maybe three or four cups of coffee in all of 2020. <laughs> that is, an, that's an amazingly fun fact in itself. <laughs> and all of them might've been before in like the last month before a Thursday night game. Like that's the only time I was like, oh man, I'm really tired and asked for coffee. And so that was yeah, I'm just not a big coffee person. So even if I go to Starbucks, I'm like, can I have a green tea, please? <laughs> that's yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah, I, think I don't have a coffee fun. order. I'm, I'm not much of a coffee drinker. And do you have a book, either a book every woman should read or a favorite book, you know, whatever it might be. It could be fiction, nonfiction, kind of anything that you just kind of turn to. I, 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 it's a good question. I just like in the off season, because I pretty much only read everything related to what's happening in the sports I cover. Uh, when I do have time off in the summer, take like a little break. So I like more like fiction and thriller 
book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf. Like one of my favorites was Gone Girl. So good. Um, so good. What else do I have on my shelf? I have – I'm literally like picking up my computer to go look at my shelf. <laughs> Let's see. The Couple Next Door. That was a good oh, one. Behind to check that out. Doors. Lie to Me. So, yeah, I like – really good like page turners that kind of like thrillers that uh like if I get into a really good book I'm done in like three days because it, I can't put it down and so those are that's kind of my go those are my go-tos in in the off season when I actually have time to read, read for those are, <laughs> those are my go-tos as well I love those kind of thing true crime podcasts any kind of thriller show I'm I'm into that so I can definitely appreciate that Christina, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was just so much fun to talk to you. And I think our listeners learned so much. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if you guys liked what you heard, which I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye, all Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the first in tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First in tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First in tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.